Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. And I'm Robin, and we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the Wizarding World. Welcome back. It's been a hot minute since we've at least yeah, been in this room together. I know, because last week we were, Skyping. We, were, we were Skyping. Yeah. Which was... It was, it was different. It was different. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of places I noticed, like, where you and I were talking, and then on the recording it, like, went out. And oh, I was really? Like, yeah. And huh. I was like... Well, I remember hearing her. It was kind of weird. Yeah. But I noticed that uh, when the girls uh, swish and flick, when they Skype, sometimes mm-hmm. that happens to them. Like Tiffany was talking and then all of a sudden it went blank and yeah. everybody was like, oh, uh, hello. And then right. like she came back and was con- she had continued to talk. But yeah, I, so I think it's something thing. in the, it might be something in the program of the yeah. Skype or whatever. So. Yeah. Maybe we can figure out FaceTime. We, we got to do yeah, something and FaceTime. get Jules on here. I know, right? We need to do a, a welcome episode with her. Yeah, we need yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jules, surprise. <laughs> We're getting ready to call you. Go get your phone. <laughs> so today is Saturday. The day after. Today is Saturday the 14th. It is. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Saturday the 14th? Mm-mm. Listen, Robin, my last three weeks have been Friday the 13th. So, okay, so on fr- so Friday the 13th is a scary movie, but there is yes. a movie. It is a, it's a, um, black, is it like a comedy? It's a black comedy. Oh, okay. Um, and I can't remember the kid, the girl that's in it used to be in a sitcom and I I'm can't remember the name of the sitcom. Um, but it's called Saturday the 14th and all these monsters, like they move into this house. It's really funny. Oh my um, it's really, it's really neat. It's like you, you, you were scared on Friday the 13th. You should be, I think it's, I think the tagline is you should be horrified at Saturday the 14th or something like that. It's really funny. It's a good, good move. But anyway, the reason that I say that is tomorrow is the 15th and on the 15th Disney plus. Oh boy is streaming frozen to early because of the coronavirus okay let's just talk about that <laughs> first off if you don't have a baby don't buy formula don't buy wipes i need them for my child okay what oh yeah yeah so i went Why into are you Walmart. Buying formula if you don't have a baby i don't freaking know so if we get quarantined, I only have enough formula to last about three days for my child. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me three days for one can. I have four cans. So what is that? Twelve days. So I'm just barely going to. We we may barely squeak by a quarantine. I'm not going to Walmart tomorrow. Don't I was, go to Walmart, period. I was going to do my pickup mm-hmm. and I went to do my groceries this morning. Pickup is not. Is it's all taken up until Monday. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I can't well, even get. People are freaking out. Well, I'm not even going to go to Walmart because I looked and they like have, they have none of, they There's don't nothing. have the toilet paper that I need. They don't have the paper towels that I need. They don't have the hand soap that I need. But Lowe's Foods um, has limited their customer purchase. Oh, thank you, Jesus. One so, store got some sense. Yeah, they said uh, you can have two hand sanitizers, two hand soaps. But other than that, no, you can't. Good, because that's not, all you need. Yeah, yeah. Logics. That's the Walmart by my house. That's the toilet paper rack. It's a completely empty rack. It's completely empty. Except for a box or two. It made me so freaking mad when I walked into Walmart today. And I was like, okay, well, thankfully we don't need toilet paper. 
And then I went to get formula for the munchkin, and it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're out of formula. They're out of the formula we <laughs> yeah, need. I don't get that. And then I went to get her, oh, a nursery water. They're completely out of nursery water because these jackals have been buying it all. What's nursery water? Just It's it's water that's purified water for to put in her formula. Girl, I do it La Blue. Get La Blue. Where? You, you have them delivered to your house. Well, okay, but... You think they're gonna have any right now? Yeah, I just got a delivery. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll yeah, talk to you about that. I mean, later. <laughs> they're they're they have their own yeah. Well, okay, so Amy um got a new job. Yes. Yay, Amy! Yay. Congratulations. And they make hand sanitizer. Oh really? So she was like, I'll bring some home some hand sanitizer. <laughs> but it's in a you pump. Guys are it's in a pump bottle. Uh-huh. It's for work. Yeah. And I've got one in my car. And I so I texted her today and I was like, um, my the the hand the hand pump mm-hmm. at my work is running out. Right. I was like, can I put that the hand sanitizer that you brought me that is a push pump? Can I pour it in there? And she was like, it's not foaming. I still need it. I don't it need it. To need fo- I don't need it to foam. I just need to know if I can put it in a pump. Right. That's all. And she was like, oh yeah. I was like, sweet. So I don't have to get hand sanitizer. Yay. So because she just brought it home. She's yeah. like, here. I was like, sweet. I was like, you yeah. got toilet paper there too? But she doesn't. <laughs> no. They make cleaning products. Her well, her company is a manufacturing house. Right. So I don't know if you've ever seen um I can't remember the name of it. It's in a purple bottle. It's like at Walmart and I can't remember the name of kaboom. it. Kaboom. No, it's not kaboom. It's just fun to say. <laughs> I can't remember. But anyway, she they they actually make the product, bottle it, and then ship it out for the companies, oh, for the different companies. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And it was funny because she used to work for this company mm-hmm. and she left to go to a different company. Right. And then the owner called and said, please come back. I'm sorry. I Aww. should have let you do what you wanted to do two years ago. I'm yeah. a numb nut. <laughs> and she was like, okay. So one of their biggest um, clients mm-hmm. came for a surprise uh, like inspection. inspection. Mm-hmm. And they came in and she was working and they were like, I, she goes, I thought they were going to cry. They were so happy to see me. Aww, that is <laughs> awesome. They were like, no way, Amy's back. I'm like, I think at first they didn't, rec- she's lost a lot of weight. Right. Um, so he didn't recognize her at first. And right. he was like, I'm so-and-so with four life, blah, blah. And she goes, I, it's, it's Amy. He goes, oh my God. <laughs> so he was very excited that she was back. And Keith goes, everybody's her HR boss uh-huh. says every when he tells them Amy's back that they, they like all scream and Aww. are excited because she knew what she was doing but yeah. the owner kind of was like he wanted to do it his way and his right. way wasn't working so she was like I can't later dude so she yeah. left yeah and he regretted it and he told Good. her that he said I I should have done what I, I should have given you money and had you run this but anyway, that's it's it's awesome that he admitted that. Oh yeah, yeah, that takes yeah, a big Because we were to like, she called me. She's like, Mister, his his name is Mister Miller. She was like, Mister Miller wants to see me personally. And Keith, the HR guy mm-hmm. who came, who approached her initially to come back, has she goes, he hasn't even talked to Mister Miller. Right. I was like, well, that's a sign for God from God if we ever had one, right? Right. And Mister Miller is like, I'll give you whatever you want. This is how much money I'm going to give you, and please come back. And I'm sorry. Like, that's not even how much we were like she was asking like a little bit less than we yeah. offered her and i was like take it bye take it go that's so, awesome anyway, that was funny i'm so happy for you guys what 
debt. Yeah. Uh, debt is horrible. And debt is the worst. Now this gives us, as Dave Ramsey, if y'all don't know who Dave Ramsey is, y'all should look him up. We now have a bigger shovel for the hole that we're in to mm. get out of it. I'm using a teaspoon for a grave. Oh, I've done that. Listen, right I've now. done that before, so I know where you're at, sister. Oh, it's bad. And I oh. have to go back to work in six days a week. Oh, I had yeah, to, that's I had to get right. rid of my employee. Boo. If you're 17, if you're listening to this and you're 17 <laughs> or 18 years old and you're out getting a job, do your job. Do One, do your job. Two, pay attention. Three, listen. And if you lose your phone, call Verizon and have them find it for you. Don't, yeah. be, don't be calling off work to go find your phone. That's I doubt. Uh, I doubt uh, that's why he called off. No, no, no. That's that's why he called off for real. He he I lost my phone. I I need to go find it. Call Verizon. And I said, no, I can't. Oh I can't do God. it. I can't. That, that wasn't just why I, fi- I fired him. There were many Other things, things that yeah. led up to it. Right. For example, I had to put faucets away the other day and i found three faucets in the wrong place tagged wrong and priced wrong oh so it's like walmart now yeah okay and i was like why is this here and it's wrong and why is this? so when he was putting products away he wasn't even paying attention he was just tagging stuff and i don't know what he was doing so like i said if if you're looking for a job be on time Listen to what your boss tells you. Learn what you're supposed to do and do it correctly. Yeah. As somebody who's been in a supervisor position before, that's probably like the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Is like, you just want to punch him in the face. Well, I would not. Like, he, his job was to put the product away. Mm-hmm. I know where the product goes. Right. I built that store. Yeah. I know what the product is. So, I don't need to do that. He needs to do it to learn it. And right. I, I have cameras. And I would sit in my office and watch him to in, in case he needed me or if a customer came right. in, I could go help, whatever. And I would s- see him sitting in the chair and I'd go, um, what, are, what are you doing? Um, I'm on my phone. Why? <laughs> are you done putting up the, and I know the product's not put up because I can see the product. Right. And I said, are are you done putting up your product? Not yet. So why, okay, so why are you So why are you sitting down on your phone? Well, I'm taking a break. No, no. no. There's not. And it's not like it's not like a whole truck, semi truck from Walmart that he has to put out. It's not that much product. It'd take him an hour and then you can sit on your butt. Get it done. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry for the rant. I'm sorry. It just (laughs) it drives me insane. I feel like the. Our listeners can tell when we haven't been like face to face for a while because we just talk. Like yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, kind of take up time. We're we sorry. Do. He's I'm sorry. Okay. He's sorry. Good. He's so, okay. We actually did have a conversation before we even got we on did. here. We did. Robin's been here probably an hour. So sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It works out well. All right. So we're still on charms part two. We are. We're in the D's. Sorry. <laughs> you just take a selfie. Yeah, I did just take a selfie. I'm Snapchatting Randall. He, sh- he told me where your keys were, by the way. They're on the tire. No, they're on the truck. Oh, is he done already? Yeah. He changed the oil in my car. He's awesome. Can we have like an ad moment? Sure. If you live in the Piedmont Triad area, contact LFR Performance for all of your automotive needs. You're welcome, babe. You got to give him a phone number or something, yeah? Um, 
uh, I don't know. Find them on Facebook at LFR Performance. Oh, on Instagram go. at LFR Perform. There you go. I probably did. I don't know if the Instagram one was right. I think it's LFR underscore Perform. Good night. <laughs> Sorry. Right, so we're in part two. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're in the D's. Yes. So I'll start while you're making your note. Okay. All right. So descendio. It causes the target object to move downward. So that's for short people and medium tall people like myself who cannot reach a top shelf. I'm so sorry if you guys can hear all of this thundering and bumping. I don't know if they can or not. So disclaimer, just in case you can hear it, my attic, which is like my studio office workspace where we record, is above the garage. And so when he raises the doors... It's very loud up here, and so I'm kind of afraid the mics are picking it up, so sorry. Um, okay, so Descendio is the incantation of a charm that makes objects fall or move downward. Um, Ron used it um, to lower the ceiling hatch and the ladder leading to the burrow's attic to show Harry the ghoul. Um, Crab used it um, in the room of requirement to... Oh, okay, so wait, Crab used it on a 50-foot-high pile of junk um, to make it fall over in an effort to murder Ron Weasley. This was in the Battle of Hogwarts. And then Harry used it to stop the pile of junk falling over. Oh, no, no, wait. Used it on the pile of junk in the room of requirement to stop the fiend fire. Um, okay, so I have... Oh, wait, wait, wait hold on, one more. Oh. Sorry, Descendio is Latin for I descend. So, go ahead. Okay. So, um, I have a Deletris. It's an eradication spell. Uh, it's a charm. It's a counter charm to the reverse spell. Vanishing the image of the last spell cast. It may also dis- disin- disintegrate mm-hmm. other certain images. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time reading. Okay, this spell was only ever seen in 1994 when Amos Diggory used um, Prior Encantado to detect that Winky had cast Moore's Mordra using Harry's wand. Um, the Latin Delaire, meaning to destroy, and the English Deletritus, de, meaning rubble. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Defendo, yeah, okay, Defendo is the severing charm, um, which causes the object to rip or tear. So the translation, um, which I'm assuming is Latin, says, um, I cleave asunder or to split into. So the severing charm um, is, it says is used to precisely or accurately cut something. So if it's precisely and accurately cutting something, I could use that for sewing. I wish I was a witch. So <laughs> it is taught in second year charms class and fourth year classes. And if used inappropriately, it can cause death or injury. I can imagine. Like, can you imagine that? Yeah. Yeah, that would be horrible. Um, <laughs> Isn't that right. what Ron uses on his... I'll get there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. I apologize. I'm sorry. Um, 
So the seven, oh gosh, the severing charm was created in the 15th century by wizarding seamstress Delphina Crimp, who created it as an easy and convenient way of cutting cloth and thread. You, you see what I mean? I need this for thread or for for. What do I do for sewing? Thank you. You sew your child's clothing, which is cool. I know. I need to get. I need to get working on it. Um. Let's see. So she made the spell because prior to her discovery, cutting spells were apt to burn and shred things, which is not good when you're working with fabric, y'all. No. Mm-mm. Nope. That's very bad. Um. Let's see. Delphina Crimp. She used it. Phileas Flitwick used it. Professor Flitwick taught this spell to his fourth year students. Harry taught it. Or taught it. Harry used it to cut Cedric's book bag uh, during the Triwizard Tournament. Um, he used it to detach the cover of his shop-bought potions textbook and replace it with the vandalized version. <laughs> I hate how they have that word. Basically, Harry used it for um, the Half-Blood Prince's book. Like, he replaced the old gunky outside with a new one like when they're in the library Mm -hmm. and what's her name mrs uh madam pence and she comes over and she's like what did you do to that book boy (laughs) and he's like it's my titan is my book not your book that was funny what did you do to that book boy i know right (laughs) i love i kind of like madam pence just because she's like so protective of the books i'm like i'm the same way with my books like don't dog ear my pages. Don't rip them. Don't mark in them. I'll come after you with a knife if you do. Especially you are serious. My, I am. Like, don't mess with my books. Like, I my favorite books, especially. Like my Harry Potter books. Granted, my Harry Potter books are old, so they look like poo. But Yeah, but you did it. I did it. Somebody yeah, no. Well, and I didn't do it maliciously. I did it loving them. Yeah. It's lovingly. Yeah. They lovingly look like poo. <laughs> Okay, so um, Harry also used it to cut the ice to get through for the Sword of Gryffindor. Now, when did you say Ron used it? Didn't he use it on his um, dress robes? He did. Yep. That's Not Ron's very use. well, but he did he, use it to get the lace off. Yep. That's exactly what it says. He used it to sever the lace of his sleeves before his dress, of his dress robe before the Yule Ball. Yeah. Um, Hermione used it to remove the bindings on Ron after Dolohov um, put him in them at the fight in the cafe. Um, she used it to remove Slytherin's locket from Harry's chest after he was attacked by Nagini. And that's about it. Uh, let me see if I can find. Yeah, that's it. We're good. Okay. Um, so I have a descendium. It's a charm. Although the only known can can canical canon, conical canonical. It's canon. I have no idea. It's C A N O N I C A L. No, it's can- conical. Conical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Effect is to open secret passages. It's possible, based on its use in 1997, that it opens things in general. It is used multiple times in 93 to open the statue of Gunhilda of 
she like Gorsmore? the humpback witch. Or the, yeah. yeah. Then again, four years later, in a failed attempt to open Sal- Salazar Slytherin's locket. Excuse me. There are numerous suggestions for the etymology. There may not be a spell at all in the strict sense, but a password. However, when used for the statue of the humpback witch, one must tap the statue with their wand, indicating that it is that it is in fact a spell. Okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to move my computer over because I'm having a hard time saying it. <laughs> Sorry. It's not your fault. This is like so. Okay. Once we get a like a desk built in here, it'll be a lot easier. Okay, so the disillusionment charm. The disillusionment charm is a charm that disguises a target as its surroundings, not by making it invisible, but by making it take on the exact color and texture of the environment, effectively turning it into a chameleon. So, that's pretty cool. Um, I like I like how Harry says it feels like like an egg. Like an egg. Like he felt like. An egg was broken over his head. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then yeah, it kind of yeah. runs down. Yeah. That is kind of a cool, a cool way to like describe that. Um, so hippogriffs and winged horses can be kept by wizards. This is, it's relevant. I promise. So it can be kept by wizards as long as they perform a disillusionment charm on them daily as the effects wear off. So the muggles will not notice anything strange about them. So that's pretty cool. Um, Hermione suggested to use the disillusionment charm when she and Harry were going to Godric's Hollow, but Harry's like, I don't want to go back as somebody else. And and he, well, I think he said that about the polyjuice potion. But in 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 the, in, in the book, they go back as a, a man and a woman. Yeah, it's not them. So when did he say he wanted? It was the movie. He said he wanted to go back by himself or as himself. Could have been in the yeah, movie because in the it book was. it was a, a man and a woman. Yeah, that's right. And the guy that. and the man was balding and the little mm-hmm. and the woman was short. Yeah. Yep. I need to reread the books. Um, Speaking of the books, uh oh. I found. I told oh, you. Oh, here we go. I found Stephen. What's Fry's. Fry's version. Disclaimer: If you like Stephen Fry's version, listen. We're sorry. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that like it. I mean, obviously, because people have downloaded it. The only problem that I have with it is, this, we're used to Jim Dale. Yep. But, and and I have a couple of books where, I there are a couple of, like two different authors, or two different um, readers, and one reader is really really good, and one reader is like, eh. But you get used to that eh guy, yeah. and then when you hear the other guy, you're like, um, that doesn't work. She's mad. She's mad. Do you want to keep going? And yeah, I'll just... go. Okay. So anyway, so I got through four chapters, and then I had to bag Stephen Fry. I couldn't do it. She texted me, and I was like, I'm a loyalist. It's Jim Dale only. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do... Um, this doesn't have a name. It just says ears to Comquat. And it's a transfiguration spell. And the spell transforms the victim's ears into Comquats. Uh, in 1995, Luna Lovegood read the Quibbler upside down in order to reveal the secret charm written in ancient runes. Okay. Engorgio is the engorgement charm which causes objects to increase in size. 
So in Gorgio, let's see. Come on, move, you stupid thing. I'm sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. So there's a variation of the spell, which is Engorgio's Skullis, which makes the head of a person bigger. That's kind of cool. So history about it. Miranda Goshock included the spell in the Standard Book of Charms. Wow. Standard Book of Spells, grade two. It's the third spell in the book. <laughs> Can't stand my child. All right. Um, the spell was covered in the second year charms class. Um, don't touch it. Ron Weasley suspected that Rubius Hagrid may have gotten in the way of a bad engorgement charm when he was young, not realizing that he was a half giant. Um, what's up? Okay, I have... Oh, wait. Hold on, one more. Sorry. Hermione suspected that Hagrid had used the engorgement charm on his pumpkins. I wanted to include that because, like, yeah. the pumpkins are kind of, um, Yeah. With his pink umbrella. Oh, and sorry. Whoa, why did my computer just move like that? Um, Fred and George placed an engorgement charm on the ton tongue toffee. Toffees. Yep. That they accidentally dropped, dropped. in front of Dudley. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. What? I can't help it that he ate it. I, I am like, I, oh man. Fred and you George. You knew he was on a diet. You knew them. he would eat it. I love them. Fred and George. Okay, so then I have, I don't know how to say it, Eboobaloo? Eboobaloo. Okay. It's a jinx. Eboobaloo. Causes the victim to inflate and explode into hundreds of bubbles. It can only be cast if an ally is using uh, Aqua Erecto. On the victim simultaneously. It is used multiple times in 1994. I don't, I don't know where that was used. but um, No clue. Ready? Yep. Okay. Episky. Episky. I like this one. I just hear... I just hear Luna saying it every yeah. time when she fixes uh, Harry's, Harry's nose. Harry's nose, yeah. All right, so Episki was the incantation of a healing charm that healed relatively minor injuries such as broken noses, toes, and split lips. The spell could create a sudden temperature changes in body. The spell could create sudden temperature changes in the body parts being healed. That's crazy. So Madame Pomfrey uses it um, in the Harry Potter game. I don't count that. I guess. Uh, whoa, we have an error here. Okay, so I'm on the wiki right now. No, it's not an error. It's not an error. It's me being not remembering the books. Tonks actually uses it in the books to fix Harry's nose, but Luna fixes it in the movie. In the movie, yep. correct. Yeah. Um, and then Harry uses it uh, to fix Demelza Robin's broken lip. Do you remember that? No. A split lip. Oh, no. it was during a Quidditch practice, I think. Okay. I think. Believe it was. Alright. Um etymology. The word comes from the Greek episkivi, which means repair. So that's cool. 
Okay, I have. Uh, is it it? That's it. Okay, I have epoxymice, and it adheres one object to another as if they had been glued together. The spell is often used by students to to adhere each other's belongings to their desk, or unfortunately, their hands. <laughs> Um, That's something I would have done, like when I was in middle school or high school. Me yeah. too, probably. Yeah. Um, the etymology, um, epoxymice comes from the English word epoxy, which is a type of adhesive. This this spell may be the permanent sticking charm or a variation. I have two, three and, bottles of epoxy behind you. <laughs> well, who used the permanent sticking charm? That irritated everybody. Oh, God. Sirius's mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She did do that. Yeah, because then she started screaming at everybody. (laughs) That's going to be if, man, if I was a witch, that would be me. I'd have a portrait that screamed at everybody, but I don't scream at people, so it would just say annoying stuff. (laughs) All right, what are we on? Uh, a Vanesco. That reminds me of that band that was around in like the early 2000s, like Evanescence. Do you remember them? No. I think they had like one hit. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they had one more. I was, I listened to mostly country, but anyway. Evanesco is a transfiguration spell um, used to vanish both in animate and inanimate objects into a non being. Um, let's see. The vanishing spell is one of the most complicated spells taught uh, at the ordinary wizarding level. It becomes more difficult with the complexity of the animal to be vanished. For instance, as or a snail as an invertebrate. Oh my gosh, what is going on? Stop touching! Oh, oh. I'm having a meltdown, guys! My computer is doing this weird jumpy thing and it moves from where I'm reading it. And then my child is trying to touch the microphone. Bear with me. Okay. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. So, so because a snail doesn't have a vertebrae, it's simple. Where, like, a mouse, which is a mammal, is a challenge. (sighs) Okay. Um, McGonagall stated that vanished objects go into non-being, which is to say everything. Does it make sense? It never it never makes sense to okay. me. Like when she says it in the book, I'm like, so, okay, does that mean if we're sitting here and there's a wall here? Right. And I want to get rid of, I have a Coke bottle and I want to get rid of it. And I say, Evanesco, does it like transform and the molecules, like for example, Star Trek, does it transform and the molecules are now in this wall? Is that is because you know, like the transporter in um, nope, you can't really in Star, Star Trek. Trek. Why? Because I'm a Star Wars. They're, they're two different things. They got yeah, nothing to do with each other. I know. So Star Wars is better. I've no, no, seen, you're not listening. No, I've no, never no, seen no. Star Trek. You don't know where they transport themselves from the ship to the to the well, I know. surface. Beam me up, Scotty. Okay, but... that's what I'm talking about. So is it like that? Where because a transporter, this is what a transporter does. I'll explain it to you. A transporter takes the molecules of the human being or whatever your transport. It doesn't matter. And like displaces and it, them. And it displaces them and then sends them, like in Willy Wonka, nope, over their heads really for the. Either. 
What? I'm horrified of that movie. Okay. So anyway, so it sends them through space to another transporter area or wherever you're going to put them back together. And then it puts them all back together. So that's my question. Is that what this Evanesco is? That it like disperses the molecules and then the molecules are set somewhere with in an, another object or another area that's my question yeah so i think we're both thinking of it the same way okay so i'm thinking doctor who where there's like a planet of like i think it's like lost things or whatever um and anything lost like ends up in this planet so that's sort of what i like imagine it to be oh, okay you know what also my my new harry potter headcanon is that i just developed everything that somebody evanescos ends up in the room of requirement it's my new Harry Potter headcanon. Yeah, but if you're not, yeah, but if you're not in Hogwarts, uh, within Hogwarts, if you're at home, it ends up in your junk drawer. All right, I can get on board with that. <laughs> that's, that's my new okay, headcanon. I can get on. <laughs> that's why my junk drawer ends up with so much crap in it. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Certain objects um, can be enchanted to resist the vanishing spells. Um, it was taught in the fourth year. Let's see. Bill uses the spell to make a stack of scrolls disappear while cleaning up after a meeting of the Order of Phoenix during Harry's first night at 12 Grimald Place. Snape uses the spell to get rid of Harry's less than perfect first attempt at the draft, draft of peace. Uh, Harry vanished the whole of an iguana during his practical transfiguration owl. And that's it. Oh, wait. Well, let me see if there's a... His owl. You mean his O-W-L? His O-W-L. Okay, it ain't an owl. My bad. All right. The incantation... We're not, we're not, we're not on the same page as um, Umbridge in the movie. Yeah. Because so she sorry. goes, better known as owls. owls. No, they're not. They're never called owls in, in the book, ever. They're yeah, they're O-W-Ls. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. That's okay. They do call them that in the movies, though, don't they? Because a stupid Umbridge... I felt like they called him that before. No, no. Because she goes, better known as owls. Okay. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're OWLs. Okay. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> my bad. All right. Uh, the incantation Evanesco is Latin for vanish or disappear. Sweet. Cool. I, I'm going to go with headcanon on that is that like it dissipates and then is because you got to be able to get it back, you know. Like with Bill, where he got rid of the maps scrolls. or whatever, yeah. the scrolls, you you got to be able to bring it back. Maybe it just puts them away. You know, it like puts them in its home. But she says they go into non-being. McGonagall. Well, it's like Schrodinger's cat, right? If you can't see it, it's not there. <sighs> uh, okay. <laughs> well... I'm I'm going with the Star Trek theory and it like dissipates and then is put well, somewhere yeah, yeah, and no. then comes back. That's what I'm saying. Like if you, that's why I said like maybe it puts it in its way in its place, right? Like it's it's home. Yeah, but what if it doesn't have a place? This should go it in the trash. One. But maybe I, I don't want to put it in in its place. I mean, I read an article about um, bathrooms. Why bath? There are no bathrooms at Hogwarts, and they did the Evanesco with their area. Well, so like, so that's not. I mean, where is that going to go? But that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that's why it, like, it, it goes to, like, a place, like, the room of requirement. And then comes back. 
Well, their poo, I hope their poo goes to the sewer. I don't know where it goes, Robin. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. My child needs an Evanesco <sighs> for her diaper. <coughs> Moving on. <laughs> Erecto. It is a charm. Oh, God. It is used to erect a tent or other upright structure. It is used by Hermione Granger to construct a shelter for her. Harry Potter and Ron Weasley in 1997 because at the World Cup, at the Quidditch World Cup, they had to do it by hand. Remember? They're like, Dad, just erect it. And he was like, you can't do that. We have to do it by hand. So they put it together by hand. I do remember that. Etymology, erectum is past uh, principle of... Oh, I have to put my glasses on. Eregir, which is Latin for to erect. I know, that yeah. was a hard one. Crazy, huh? Okay. All right. So, expecto patronum. I hope that picked up on the mic. <laughs> All right. So, expecto patronum, the patronus charm, is the most famous and one of the most powerful defensive charms known to wizard kind. Um, it's complicated. Um, it, what it does, it creates like a shield of, um, it says it's a particularly tangible positive energy force known as a Patronus or spirit guardian. Um, it is, it works as a shield. So there are two types of Patronuses and this is going to clear up our, our conversation that we had way back in the beginning when we were talking about the founders and non-corporals, uh, or corporeal. So the two types. So corporeal means a patronus with a particular shape and form, and an incorporeal or non-corporeal patronus is um, have no particular shape and they do not protect against dementors, um, like a corporeal patronus would. So we were right. Corporeal, yes, they have one. Non-corporeal, no, they don't. So. Um, some wizards, like Lupin, choose to cast uh, incorporeal patronuses to hide their identity. Their identity? Yeah. yeah. So I, we had this conversation back when we were doing the Founders because we were like, how is it possible that they produce an incorporeal patronus or an incorporeal? Yeah. So maybe they just chose to. I mean, could be. Yeah. To hide their identity the way uh, Lupin does. Could be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not even to hide their their identity, but maybe to just you know. Sorry. It's okay. Maybe my computer wants me to go work out, which I ran today. Woo! Girl. And I had to put. I mean, I'm getting back into routine. I'm walking at work, mm-hmm. so I'm getting there. I'm not. I had a little bit of a scare. I'm sitting in my butt. When? Yeah, yesterday it was giving me a little bit of. It's giving me a little bit of issues. So when I ran this morning, I like pushed myself, I like humped it, mm-hmm. and I got down to like twelve fifty a minute a mile. Nice. So I was like, nothing. Awesome. It was good. good. I think it was just a scare. Get your butt moving. Yeah, was, go work. Oh, there's my wife <laughs> telling me she's done at work. They had to work extra today to Aww. get because they need to get the hand sanitizer and the cleaning products out. That's just oh, I'm so annoyed by the coronavirus. 
so annoyed. Stop acting like the world is ending. It's freaking not, people. You're <gasps> fine. She has to work tomorrow. It's a Sunday. Seriously? See, y'all freaking out over no reason. And now Amy has to go work on a Sunday. Come on, people. Jeez. What are you doing, baby? All right. So are we done with that? We are. Oh, are we? I don't know. Hold on. Let me double check. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. All right. Where is... Wow, we could have probably a whole episode on this one spell. What are you doing, child? If anybody wants a six-month-old baby, they can borrow her for two hours while we record. One foot on the table, one foot on my lap. Trying to get her passy. Now she's playing with the microphone. (sighs) Baby for rent. She comes with diapers and wipes and formula. I just need someone to provide the arms. she has the cutest smile. Look at that smile. Big day smile. Big day smile. Big day smile. Okay, so some examples of Patronuses. Cho Chang is a swan. Aberforth. I wonder, can you guess what Aberforth is? It's a goat. It's a freaking goat, y'all. It's in the book. It's in the seventh book. Well, I just wanted to test you. Do you know what came out and now you can't buy it anymore? And you know what? And I'm very upset. And what? somebody got one. What? Ron Weasley's Patronus was a limited <gasps> edition Funko Pop on Nuts. Wizarding World. And I one day gone. Because it's Jack Russell. It's a Jack Russell Terrier. Dang. And I was going to buy it. But I had to wait till I I get my, I don't get, I'm having allowance. Yep. And I had to wait. And then allowance day came and I went to go buy it and it says sold out. Um, Speaking of. Fun- and I'm not happy about it because somebody has got it from the Swishers. I saw them. They posted oh. it. <laughs> so Dr. Pepper was doing this giveaway where you buy three of the um bottle, like the, just the one bottles you get in the coolers um buy three of them and you get a little sweet funko pop for free and i like did it and they were like we're sold out and i was like i'll kick you in the face well you can't be sold out if it's a promotion well they didn't have any more whatever you know what i meant Robin, it's not right it's not right and i don't like it i know right and sweet. i don't know why ron's patronus has to be a limited edition just put it out there yeah, so just i can put buy it, out. it who cares i bet you can find one you should pay a pretty penny for it no i'm not doing that okay so albus dumbledore is a phoenix seamus finnegan is a fox um okay i was gonna say i'm i'm kind of surprised that seamus formed a, a corporeal however it does say that he could not form a fully not produce a fully formed corporeal patronus in dumbledore's army however in the battle of hogwarts he did manage to conjure a patronus in the shape of a fox um harry hermione is an otter harry's a stag james a stag luna's a hare ernie mcmillan is a boar that would be a crappy Patronus to have. I'm sorry if you're a boar, but I don't know. I mean, they're they're like mean. They're fierce, but yeah. they're ugly. Well, just saying. I can't say anything. Mine's a freaking horse. Not that horses are ugly, but I don't know. A boar is fierce, at least. Mine's a kingfisher. That's a bird. That's right. I know. I want to trade you. <laughs> All right. So, but Mag- mine's little. I mean, it's like really little. I know, but you can attack people. Like, That's true. If you're little. Like sneak That's attack. True. Yeah. All right. Uh, so McGonagall and Umbridge are both cats. I'm surprised that she produced a 
corporeal patronus. Somebody was talking about that. Um, I, I believe it was in uh, in uh, Swish and Flick group. They were talking about that. It was either that or somewhere else. I read it. Um, and it wasn't because um, she was able to produce a Patronus because being in control. She is all kinds of spitting crap out of her mouth. I kind of wondered. I was like, I heard yeah, her nasty. doing something. But- yeah. She she didn't want that. She gave it back to you. Mom life. So she um because what made her happy wasn't was like an evil person. Well, exactly that made her happy. That's crazy. So not n- there are people who become happy w- with committing <laughs> evil, and that's why she was able to commit to pr- um produce a Patronus. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Then. Uh, Tonks. Her original Patronus is Jackrabbit. However, it does change to be a wolf. Uh, Ramus is a wolf. A Ramus wolf. wolf. That's right. <laughs> um, Arthur is a weasel. Oh, God. Arthur Weasley is a weasel. Jenny is a horse. Ron, we've already talked about him. Um, stop touching it. <laughs> My child is super obsessed with his mic. It's shiny. Yeah, that's exactly it's it. So it's shiny. shiny. Um, I think we're just gonna stop on Patronus because I think we really need to do an episode on it itself because this is current. They could turn into a really long thing. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, the extinguishing spell. It's a charm, and it puts out fires. Charlie Weasley and his friends would use the spell. Um, should something go wrong in the tournament, you know, the Triwizard Tournament. Truth. Alright, Expelliarmus. Expelliarmus. So, Expelliarmus. Aries patent. Yes. Okay, stop. Alright, so the disarming charm. Uh, sorry, Expelliarmus is a disarming charm. Uh, it's a charm that forces whatever an opponent is holding to fly out of their hand. It is common to see this spell used in duels to make an, op- an opponent lose their wand. Um, it's funny that you say that. So, Ramus uh, tells Harry that Expelliarmus is his signature move. And, uh, or he said the Death Eaters think it's your signature move. And he says, I urge you not to let it become so. So, um, I'm struggling, y'all. I'm struggling. (laughs) This is mom life right here. All right. So the disarming charm causes whatever an opponent is holding at the time to fly out of their hand. A single disarming charm can disarm multiple opponents if they are all in close proximity to one another. Um, I don't know who that is. All right. Flitwick. Um, So this is like, I I wonder if this was in one of, in the game because it says, Professor Flitwick informs one of his students uh, in 1984 that the disarming charm was of great help to him on his path to becoming a dueling champion while preparing the young people to de- for learning it themselves, emphasizing its importance. Do you remember when no. he said that? Okay. Mm-mm. So I'm no. kind of wondering if it's in the game. Um, Yusuf Kama. Do you know who he is? It's familiar. Yeah. Like it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. All right, so he used it to disarm Newt 
Scamander and to get oh. his wand while incarcerating the magizoologist in one of Paris's sewers. James used it to disarm Snape. Albus used it to disarm Snape. Poor Snape. Probably never going to hear that again. Um, <laughs> ever, ever again in this podcast. <laughs> that was a slip of the tongue. It literally was, but the dude can't keep a hold of his wand. Like, get some stick on, buddy. I don't know. What's yeah. the, what's use the, the use the sticking charm? Sticking charm. What yeah. is it? I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Okay. It is. Uh... All right. I'll keep going. It you was the epoxamice. Uh, oh, yes. Epoxamice. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Draco used it to disarm Dumbledore. Fred used it. Uh, well, Fred practiced it. Um, George practiced it. Jenny. It says Jenny. It just says Jenny used it at the end of her first year in 1993. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. No. Must be in the game. I don't know, because Jenny's not in the game. Or it could be in okay, the Lego game. Because the end of her first year is book two. Right. When did she use it, though? I don't know, because I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, Sirius used it to disarm Harry and Hermione in the Shrieking Shack. <laughs> Remus used it to disarm Harry. No. This is the same thing. I don't. They didn't both disarm them. Sometimes the wiki's off. Um. So Snape used it to disarm Gilderoy Lockhart and Harry Potter. Um. This spell is used a lot, guys. A lot. I think oh, it's a, I think it's an easy. I think it's an easy. Um. An easy uh spell once you learn it. I think it's easy to use. Yeah. Well, so I count 10 times that Harry used it. And the thing about it is, if you can disarm someone from their wand, then you've, you've obviously got more control. So it's just yeah. it's just an e- it's an easy out. Yeah, yeah, that's basically. true. Basically. Um, y'all, I'm sorry if you can hear some thunking. Sometimes it's my kid grabbing the mic. Sometimes it's me bumping her head into it. <laughs> this mom life. Don't tell people that. They're going to be like, what? Why is she bumping the head into the into the uh, it, mic? It's not purposeful. She just kind of gets her head there and, you know, it touches her head. Doesn't bump it. It touches it. All right. So, uh, etymology. Latin expellere. Ex means out. Peller means to drive. So, it means to drive out. And arma meaning weapon. So, expelliarmus actually means to drive out the weapon. Sweet. I like that one. I like that too. All right. F's. We're done with the E's. F's. We're going to have to call another time. And we I may know. go to four episodes. Gonna, we did gonna... warn you people. Yeah. Because we're at 50 minutes. It's gotten out of control. Why don't we do. Um, you want to do through the H's? On this episode? Yeah. How many is that? We well, have? I've got some. F's, G's, and H's, and then we've got two F's and one H in the dock. Sure, let's do it. Okay, so we'll do. Um, I don't, I don't know why that's doing that. What are we on? Twenty six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So F. 
the false memory charm. It implants a false memory in the victim without them realizing it was not originally theirs. So Voldemort uses this spell twice. Firstly, in 1943 upon his uncle Morphin Gaunt. Then sometime later on the house elf Hokey. Do you remember who Hokey is? It was uh, have, uh, Hepzibah Smith's yep. house, house elf. Can't talk. Both instances were to hide his crimes and make the victims believe they were responsible. It is likely that Kingsley Shacklebolt used this spell on Moretta Edgecombe in 1996 in order to prevent her from revealing Dumbledore's army to Cornelius Fudge. This is reinforced by Dumbledore stating that Shacklebolt was remarkably quick on the uptake in modifying her memory. It is possible that Professor Horace Slughorn used this in the next school year to hide his memory of Voldemort asking him about Horcruxes. Although as he retained awareness of the true memory, his spell may be a different one. It is also possible that he simply repressed it to such a degree that it could not be extracted from him against his will. As the memory he gave Dumbledore simply went blank at the right times and was replaced by a disembodied, disembodied shouting rather than images. This was noted to be crudely done. Hermione Granger uses this in 1997 to make her parents believe they were named Wendell and Monica Wilkins, respectively, that they have no daughter, and to make them move to Australia in order to protect them from Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Okay. Um, Fenestra. So, Fenestra was a charm which shattered glass, spell was thought useful and that it made very little sound, allowing for discreet entry through a window. Uh, on December 6, 1926, Newt Scamander shattered the front window of the Valkland and Company jewelry store in New York, which he was trying to recapture his escaped Nifla. Nifla. Um, so the word finestra means window in Italian, Catalan and Sicilian. Um, given Rowling's use of puns in the construction of other incantations, Accordius and Aguamenti, it is, uh, it is also possible that Finestra is a sort of double entendre, entendre? Double entendre? Yeah. Double entendre? Double entendre. Entendre? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think that's correct. Um. Don't quote me, but I believe that's correct. I have a disclaimer at the end. Uh, a humorous blend of... F- Fine or finesse, the Italian and Latin words for end and finestra for window. Together, this could allude to the spell's ironic capacity to destroy windows in the creation of a window, of an opening or window. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's what I got. Okay. Um, the Fidelius charm. Uh, It's an immensely complex charm used to hide secret information within the soul of the charm's recipient, who is called a secret keeper. The information is irretrievable unless the secret keeper willingly chooses to reveal it, and only the forementioned person can do so. In 1993, it is explained that when Harry was merely an infant, he and his parents were hidden from Voldemort with this charm. From 95 onward, it was used to protect Grimmel Place, and in 1998, it was used to protect Shell Cottage. The etymology, Latin, Fidelius, which means faithful. Although the author had previously explained that when a secret keeper dies, the secret they held can never be revealed to anyone else, 
but in 1997 it is clearly explained that upon the keeper's death, all those who had been told the secret became keepers in turn. This charm seems to have no effect with regard to animals, as Hegwig found Ron and Hermione in the location that was protected by this charm. However, it is possible that Dumbledore somehow told her ludicrous, though such may seem. In 1981, Hagrid, Hagrid managed to get Harry before all the muggles could look at it. This makes it appear as though the killing curse will negate the effect of the Fidelius charm. Those, <clears throat> hold on. Those who have been told of the secret by the secret keeper still cannot pass the secret on, as proven by Severus Snape and Bellatrix Lestrange. Good. Yep. Finite incantatum. All right. So it's a counter spell for general use. It might be used in duels to counter. Uh, it might be used in duels to <coughs> counter or reverse minor damage. Um, it could also be used on an entire home to temporarily stop the effects of protective enchantments um, as a precaution before Muggle <laughs> answered the door. Okay. Um, it was taught in Hogwarts in second year's charms class. It is currently unknown who or when the counterspell was invented. Um, it is used a lot, guys. Let me see if I can get to the end of etymology. All right. So it is from Latin finere, meaning to end, and incantatum. Oh, I'm going to screen jump it again. Um, incantatonem, meaning enchantment. Finite means end. So, finite incantatum. What's that? Is that the end? Oh, we have one Is more. that the finite incantatum? Finite. Well, <laughs> sure. All right. Fiend fire, which is a curse. And at least it unleashes cursed fire that takes the shape of animals that actively seek out living targets and burn anything in its path including nearly indestructible substances such as a horcrux. In addition, the fiend, in addition, the fire uh, is made even more dangerous due to the fact that it is extremely difficult to control and cannot be extinguished with normal or enchanted water. Though there are numerous in instances when it may have been used, it is only proven to have been used in 98 by Vincent Crabb, who was killed by it. Doesn't doesn't the blue flames in Fantastic Beast Grindelwald don't they that doesn't turn that turns into fiend fire yeah. in the graveyard right because yeah. it was blue and then he and like it turned mm -hmm. yellow orange right. and then it was like animals and they used finite incantatum circling it to right. stop it correct I I have to watch the movie again okay it's been a hot minute okay. um. Homonym Revelio. So this spell, um, or well, this charm, it reveals the presence of other humans in the surrounding environment. Um, so I always kind of wondered how this worked. So I'm glad that it says this. So the spell indicates a body by a marker, which can be felt by the target as something swooping low over him or her. It is a variation of the Revelio charm. You skipped right over G.
There are no G's G's in here. I was so confused. There's no G's in our doc, but I have G's. Oh, go ahead then. Okay. um, Gemino. It's the doubling charm. Um, Duplicates the target. When used to duplicate objects indefinitely on purpose, it is known as the Gemino curse. It's used by Hermione on Salazar Slytherin's locket to disguise Mm -hmm. her presence from Dolores Umbridge. They also use it in uh, Green Guts. Was that a sigh or a snore or both? Because <laughs> she sleeps. Si- it was a sigh, but she's a little stuffed up, so it kind of sounded uh, like a snore. <laughs> uh, the etymology, the Latin word Gemini means twins. And I am a Gemini. Pisces are better. Okay. That was... <laughs> There's there's more G's, but that was the only one that really had any interest. All right, so go ahead and do Hominem Revelio. Okay, so Hominem Revelio is um, a spell used to reveal humans in the area. Um, should I go back and say what it was? Or do what now? I don't know. Cut this part out. Okay, should I go back and and say? Just, just start over. Okay. So Hominem Revelio is a spell that will uh, reveal the presence of other humans in the surrounding area. The spell indicates a body by a marker, which can be felt by the target as something swooping low over him or her. It is a variation of the Revelio charm. Um, so we know, we don't know like where, or I'll have to look it up, but we know that Dumbledore uses it. Do you remember when he uses it? Okay. No. Hermione uses it when they go to Grim- Grimald Place. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says Travers uses it, but I don't know where he uses it. I don't um, know either. So the etymology. Homonym is the gen- genitive. Genti- genitive is what I'm going to say. Uh, plural form of the word la- of the. Oh, my gosh. Homonym is the genitive plural form of the Latin word homo, which means person. Also, in Latin, revelio means I unveil or reveal. Done. Uh, Here on mine, it says it can be used non-verbally. Dumbledore does it to detect Harry underneath the invisibility cloak. Oh, sneaky. I like it. Uh, Hermione Granger's Jinx. The jinx causes a traitor to break out into boils, spelling sneak yeah. on his head, on his or her forehead. Hermione Granger designed and placed this jinx on the parchment signed by all the members of Marietta. Dumbledore's army. When Marietta Edgecombe betrayed the DA to Dolores Umbridge, the jinx was triggered. The jinx was invented by Hermione and may have been inspired by Fern... Nunculus. Fernunculus. Okay. Go with it. Um. Okay, so I'm gonna I think this is the last one. Okay. The Horcrux making spell. Ooh. Ooh. Uh it's a dark art spell. The spell allows a part of the wizard's soul to pass into an object, thereby making the object a horcrux. One has to commit murder and take advantage of the soul splitting apart by this supreme act of evil in order to be able to perform the spell. 
and it is probably very complex. In, for, in 1943, Horace Slunghorn described the spell to a young Tom Riddle as encasing a portion of the torn soul as encasing a portion of the torn soul and placing it within an object. The spell itself is described in detail in a banned book known as The Secret of the Darkest Arts, which Hermione Granger summoned from Albus, Albus Dumbledore's office near the end of their sixth year. According to the text, use of the spell to separate the soul will make the remaining portion of the soul very fragile and can only be reversed by remorse of the wrongs the creator had made. However, the pain caused by the attempting to reverse the creation of a horcrux, horcrux can destroy the individual. So Voldemort could have reversed that. If he, he wouldn't have, but he could no, have. No, but he could have, yeah. Hmm. And it would have been very painful. Seven uh, times. Okay, so here's my question. If... Can anybody do it? So, like, could Harry have cast this, like, done this and... If he murdered somebody. No, I mean, like, Voldemort give his soul back. Take his soul back. Does that make sense? From Harry? Well, so, like, if Harry, like... So, does Harry have to murder somebody to get, like... Okay, so I guess my question is, like, does... Can Harry... Okay, so, like, the spell gate would give Voldemort his soul back, right? You said there was this... Was it a spell that gave him... That gives him their soul um, back? It's, hold on. According to the text, use of this spell to separate the soul will make the remaining portion of the soul very fragile and can only be reversed by remorse of the wrongs the creator oh, had made. Remorse. Okay. However, the pain caused by attempting to reverse the creation of Orcrux can destroy the individual. Okay. Okay. So it's not a spell. I missed it's that. remorse. Remorse. Okay. Cause okay. Then that makes my question moot. All right. When J.K. Rowling was asked about what the steps were to create a Horcrux, Rowling declined to answer, saying that some things are better left unsaid. However, in the Harry Potter Encyclopedia, it is explained, and the editor said to have felt like vomiting after reading it. I'm going to go look and see what it says. Uh, isn't it like speculated that it's like a cannibalism thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to hunt for that. We'll have to do that Probably, later. yeah. Well, we can come back to that. I think we need to come back to that anyway. I think we need to have a, a, a Horcrux episode. Well, I think we need to do the Unforgivable Curses. Yes. And then, like, all the main, like, Horcrux. Yep. Okay. Well, so, we need to, like, get into the list when we're done with this episode and, and update it so that we make sure we have all of those things we're going through. And we're like, hey, this needs to be their own episode. So... Alright, so we're going to end Finite Incantatum That's how we're going to end all of our episodes now <laughs> Alright um, On this week's History of Magic Gunhilda Keen misses out On a Quidditch match Because of a case of Dragonpox Why this is super important I don't know, but you're going to know it So, Goodwin Keen of Yorkshire wrote a letter to his cousin Olaf. I wonder if he was a snowman. He might like warm hugs. I was going to say, I wonder if he liked warm hugs. <laughs> I wonder if he thought some people were worth melting for. <laughs> Alright. The frozen jokes could go on all day. Alright. Uh, wrote, wrote a letter to his cousin Olaf in Norway describing their Quidditch match against a team from Il 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 Oh my god, my 
my English accent, my American accent is butchering this word. Ilkley? Ilkley. Yeah, okay. Ilkley. Okay. All right. Uh, his wife, Gunhilda, was to play catcher, but had to sit out of the match due to her illness from Dragon Fox. Instead of the of a... Oh, instead of... Hold on. Sometimes it's written weird. Okay. Instead, the modern bludger clubs were used to hit blooders toward the opposing team. Uga missed out... Oh my gosh, this is hard to read. Uga missed one, which hit their teammate, Radolf. This was the first match where barrels were used for scoring the goals. Okay. Yeah. And that's um, that comes from canon, which I'm assuming it comes from um, Quidditch Through the Ages. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly where it comes from. Sweet. All right, so social media? Yes. So, um, you be sure to join us on Facebook. Uh, our page is Ridiculous Podcast. And then we have a group, which is Ridiculous Podcast Group. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Ridiculous Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Samantha Goddard03. And I'm on Instagram at Running My Pups. Uh, also, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Join us next week for spells part three and we may even go to part 10 or something <laughs> this guys that's it that is the rest of this harry potter podcast you don't get anything besides spells i mean i mean there's a lot i mean <laughs> there a is a lot yeah um we hope we're, we're adding some fun um conversation into it and not just making it dull and oh boring. yeah, yeah oh, I, think we are. I think we are too yeah. oh speaking of conversations so we're in a me jules and robin um we're in a group message and jules oh man i lost it jules called me out on saying um suedo i didn't get i was probably asleep when y'all people were talking it's pseudo because yeah so like i i I responded back to her i was like girl i get 20 hours of sleep a week ain't nobody got time for saying stuff right (laughs) All right. All right. I just, I just wanted to correct myself. So thank oh, you, okay. Jules. Well, and she keeps us honest. So she I, really I, does. I, I like that. Yeah. So uh, thank you for listening. And we hope you come back for more Potter. We do not need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. Go be freaking kind. Wash your hands. Don't take all the toilet paper. Use hand sanitizer. And stop touching your face. And stop touching your face. Because if I get stuck in this house for two weeks, I'm coming after somebody. And be freaking kind. And be freaking kind. Bye.